This is the Western Obsessions TV podcast, where hunting's not a hobby, it's an obsession. All right, guys, welcome to the Western Obsessions TV podcast. And on, on this podcast, I have a guest, Miss Rihanna Carey. Hi, how are you today? Good, how are you? Good. And a little bit of a, I mean, if you haven't heard of Rihanna, then you're probably living under a rock anyway. But Rihanna is, is an athlete for Under Armour. And uh, she is also the, strate- the how'd you, how'd you put it? You- strategic partnership manager. Strategic partnership manager. Strategic partnerships. And I think it actually says like the uh, marketing director of hype on your Instagram, which I thought yeah. I laughed when I saw that. Like, yeah, yeah that's pretty much what marketing directors are. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a brand for sure. For sure. So good. How's your day going? Thanks for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you. Of course. Yeah, no, my day is great. I'm in um, good old Texas and it's nice and warm here. So uh, acclimating to the heat, but I, I enjoy the state for sure. Uh, a lot of hunting opportunities, not the same as Western states, obviously, but um, I'm currently in between Utah and Texas. So I've been spending a lot of time here. So, so do you have a place in Texas then? I don't. It's actually uh, my boyfriend lives here. And so this is where I come to, to hang out with him. And my dog's been down here for the past few months. She's kind of been adopted into his like dog pack because he has three dogs and I have the one. And so uh, I think she'd be lonely if I brought her back up to Utah by herself. <laughs> yeah, that's tough taking her away from her friends to go back to Utah. But I bet you probably miss her when you're in Utah. I'm oh, sure my God. Well, I have really been in Utah much honestly so um obviously with my job it's it, I'm lucky that I'm able to be remote now with COVID a lot of jobs are allowing people to be remote and you kind of get a lot better pick of who you want to work with if, if you know they're somewhere else now so um so yeah no um I, I do travel a lot for work too so um it kind of makes it easier to be able to kind of be where I want to be which you know when you got a boyfriend in Texas, <laughs> where I want to be, so <laughs> that does make it more convenient. And since we're talking about work, we might as well di- dive into that. So you work yeah. remote uh, with Mountain Ops. You yeah. get to spend a lot of time in Texas, which there's a lot of cool hunting in Texas. But yeah, yeah tell me kind of what you do for Mountain Ops and what that in- entails. Well, it's pretty crazy. I've been with Mountain Ops basically since the company started, but I worked more as an ambassador on that level with, um, you know, the Harbertson brothers who are uh, the co-founders. And um, so I worked with them on, because I, I was with, I've been with Under Armour for the past, gosh, eight years now on their women's hunt team. And um then with Mountain Ops, they kind of were going after all the hunt athletes. And so that's how I was introduced to the Harbertsons. And so I started working with them as an ambassador uh, for several years. I mean, I think I've probably been taking all the supplements since the conception of the company. So um, I always joke, I'm like a walking Mountain Ops vitamin because I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's like in my blood. But, um, but yeah, so I've been with them Gosh, yes, yeah, since 2014 is when the company um, was established. And then um, I've worked for them now for the past four years as, you know, a strategic partnership manager and in the marketing department. So, so yeah, I've been with them for a long time. I obviously believe in the products. Um, I found it to be super beneficial when I'm hunting. Um, so it's really something that I believe in and I've seen the difference in how I feel. And so for me, it's really easy to promote and work for a company that, you know, 
I can see like changing people's lives and not just other people, but my own. So it's pretty cool. And I really enjoy the company and the people that I work with. So, you know, that's a huge benefit to enjoy what you do and enjoy the people you work with. And I have a big fitness background and supplement background. I actually started a sports nutrition retail chain and franchised it and manufactured my own supplements also. So I am a big supplement head and I I enjoy them and I, I'm pretty sure they're permanently stuck in my bloodstream also. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about fitness and hunting because I'm a big, that's kind of my branding too. I'm a, I'm a fitness athlete hunter. Um, So what does that kind of mean to you? What does like an athlete hunter kind of mean to you? Well, you know, for me, I just love to hunt. And so obviously, um, hunting in the Western States, um, it's hard it's not easy. You're not sitting in a stand, you're on the ground covering a lot of miles. So I think it was my very first elk hunt that I went on. Um, and I was like huffing and puffing. I could not keep up. I was just like chasing these elk up the hill. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever done, but I feel like I'm going to puke and die. And so I'm like, I need to freaking get my butt in shape if I want to do this. And, you know, obviously I had a huge passion for hunting and fell in love with it. And so I'm like, okay, it's time to start taking things seriously. And, um, it was kind of around the same time that I had um, found mountain ops. And then, um, I lived in Eugene, Oregon at the time. And so I was good friends with Cameron Haynes. Um, and then, um, his trainer, Eric McCormick. And so I started training with Eric McCormick and he and his wife, now wife, um, Emmy, um, they were just dating at the time, really helped whip my butt into shape. And so, um, you know, they followed all of my meal plans, my macros, everything like that. And so um, through just kind of learning my intake and um, output as far as like calories in, calories out, you know, that kind of stuff, um, I was just really able to become the best version of myself and not just for hunting, but, you know, obviously, and and I mean, I guess that was my biggest motivation. Um, But I think, you know, for to to live a good life and a long life. And so um, it was just, yeah, I think naturally to be a Western hunter, you have to be able to, you know, go all day. You have to be able to put in the miles. And um, that's how I found a lot of the success in hunting that I have is because I'm, you know, very dedicated and able to put it on the miles. So (laughs) yeah. And you're hundred percent right to hunt in the Western States the way that I like to hunt anyway, which is more backpacking, very physical hunt. Mm-hmm. You got to yep. be in some pretty good shape. And of course you could, you can hunt in the Western States and not be in good shape. My opinion is your, your chances of success go down if you're not in good shape. Yeah. So, so <laughs> fitness really started when you started elk hunting and realized yeah. crap, the, this is hard. These are mountains. <laughs> this is tough. Yes. Now, yeah. I mean, I, I did like track and field and mm. um, cross country in high school. And, you know, I didn't do it into college or anything. I could have, cause I was pretty good at it, but I kind of, you know, just fell into doing other things. Um, and sports wasn't really a huge thing for me. And so I definitely gotten super out of shape in, um, the in between from high school until I think like my early twenties is when I found hunting. And so I had taken a few years off of exercise completely. And so, um, getting back into it was definitely, it was hard, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I felt like if I wanted to be successful and I wanted to be able to keep up with all the boys, you know, cause I've obviously was the girl in hunting camp. I always have been, um, until now, cause all my girlfriends hunt, but, um, but when I first started, it was, you know, I had to be able to keep up and I, I had to be able to pack 
as much weight as the guys did. I couldn't, you know, they're going to leave me behind if um, I wasn't contributing. And so, um, so yeah, I think that was my biggest motivation. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, backpack hunting is kind of, you know, what, how I've always done it. Every elk I've ever shot, I've packed out on my back. And so that is a lot like, you know, I've had upwards like of 120 pounds when my packs weighed luckily it was all downhill but you know for someone who weighs like 130 pounds it's kind of a lot that's a lot of weight (laughs) I think I was more like 140 at the time but but yeah I mean it's a lot and it's definitely taxing on the body and so um you know that's kind of what I do it for I'm not trying to like be super fit I'm not trying to be a competitor bikini model you know that's not I've never been like something that I've thought about wanting to do but um for me my biggest motivation is being able to hunt yeah and and for me also is hunt the way that I want to hunt like you can go out and hunt but hunt the way that I want to hunt because I really enjoy getting kind of deep in the backcountry and all by myself that physical part and to be able to do it until I'm 80 years old, that's a big thing for me. Exactly. So, which comes into fitness. So you have to work out year round, obviously, for that month that you're archery hunting. Yeah. And, uh, or, you know, for traveling to other states, obviously, it could be a little bit longer. But, um, but yeah, to be able to longevity of hunting the way you want to hunt. So, you know, we've been talking a little about supplementation. How do you feel that supplementation plays into your everyday fitness routine? And is that something you'll do till you're 80 to try to hunt till you're 80? Yeah. I mean, caffeination is huge. I feel like, (laughs) I mean, I don't know anybody who doesn't think that caffeine helps, um, especially because it's long hours, it's long days. It is tough on your body. Um, So anything that you can do to help with inflammation, because it's a lot of hiking, I mean, your feet are sore, your muscles are tired. Um, So I think, you know, especially during the season and and even working out throughout, you know, like right now, I I take supplements on a daily basis. Like we have anti-inflammatory, the diffuse, I take that. Um, And our Phoenix, it has a ton of BCAs, bovine colostrum. Um, And so I, I notice a huge difference when I go off of it or say I'm traveling and I forget to bring it with me, um, in my soreness level. And so, um, for me, supplementation is huge because I see a benefit of it. I don't know the exact mechanisms. I mean, some of the stuff I do, but, um, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, I feel like it's helped me dramatically. And then, um, I noticed a difference too, because like I would drink coffee, um, before I go hunting a lot of times and, um, not to not coffee. Cause I mean, everyone's going to hate me for that, but, um, and my boyfriend works for a coffee company, so <laughs> I love coffee too. But as far as like hunting goes, it's, um, it's very, for me, first thing in the morning, it's like too much, especially when I'm going to go hiking up a mountain. It's like, my heart rate is going crazy. Um, I don't know why, but coffee just does that. It spikes my heart rate. Um, and it's not as like a nice, smooth, even keel caffeination. Whereas like our ignite, I feel like, you know, you, you are, you put it in a huge Nalgene bottle of water. You're drinking a ton of water. It's caffeination, but it's not like all at once. Um, whereas like, if I was hiking, I'm not like, bringing a canteen of coffee with me and drinking that throughout. So, um, so I've noticed a huge change in difference, um, just drinking ignite rather than coffee. Um, and so I'll do that. And then I add collagen to it, um, and drink that just every day, but 
for me, I guess, um, when I do drink coffee, I can see a huge difference in my, not just my energy level, but the crash that I get. And so, um, I think that's why supplementation is big for me as far as ignite goes. Like I live on that stuff. Um, it has 200 milligrams of caffeine, but it has the L-arginine and L-citrulline in it. So it helps um, with vasodilation. And so, um, it's more hydrating because caffeine typically is a vasoconstrictor, right? Coffee constricts the vessels, whereas ignite, um, you know, um, vasodilate. Yeah. The allergen and L-citrulline. And so I don't feel like it's that, like, I got to drink a ton of water or I don't know the super jittery energy, um, because that I cannot do, I cannot do the jittery stuff. So especially while hunting, I mean, who wants to be jittery or like have a high heart rate? You're already having adrenaline max, you know? So if you have an encounter and so, um, I just want to be as alert and, you know, oriented as I can be. Yeah. And I actually, like, I used to drink, drink like a gram of caffeine a day. Mm-hmm. which is a ton. That's a lot. Oh, oh my yeah. God, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually have- A thousand I've, milligrams, right? Yeah, that's a thousand lot. milligrams of caffeine in a day. Yeah. Well, you know, and the, being the sports nutrition industry is around me all the time and yeah. going to the gym and you know, waking up like, but so I've cut caffeine completely out and I don't like coffee. Yeah. I just, it does, I don't really like, the, it kind of messes my stomach up. I'm not a big fan yeah. of it. So I, I don't drink, like- yeah, I don't drink caffeine at all anymore. But I will say, like hearing you talk about the ignite with L-arginine, L-citrulline, that actually is even going to help you up when you're at high levels without as much oxygen, because that's going to increase oxygen to your muscles and, and blood too. So, so yeah. yeah, that would be a good product for sure. And so I've gone off of it before and I was shocked because like typically, you know, you get the caffeine headaches and the withdrawals. Um, when I went off of ignite, I did not get a headache. I did not. I went uh, a clean cold turkey for a month and a half. Um, now I did supplement with our Enduro product, which is also like Ignite. It still has the L-arginine and L-citrulline. It still should help with energy and all that kind of stuff, but it has zero caffeination in it. So um, it's more for cardiovascular function. Um, and so I was taking that instead of the Ignite and I did not get a headache at all. So I was shocked. I was like, wow, this is actually really good stuff because I am feeling great, you know? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's real so, good. But yeah, I, I love the supplements. I mean, too, I love on our protein powders. Um, you know, I eat a lot of meat and stuff like that, but every morning I'll do um, like protein oatmeal with um, whole, whole oats and then I'll do a scoop of our um, Magnum the berries and cream, and then I'll put in some blueberries and some almond milk. And then at lunch, I'll have like a big heaping serving of protein. So, so yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I just, I, I, I feel like the protein really helps. I've noticed a huge difference in like my muscle tone and stuff like that with protein, especially working out and exerting what, how do you build muscle protein, right? That's the building blocks of muscle. And so, um, so yeah, I feel like I'm always taking our products, especially protein (laughs) and energy stuff. Um, now after I did cycle off of ignite for a good month and a half, I don't drink near as much caffeine. I don't need to. So it's, it's nice. So I always kind of cycle things through. Yeah. I think I'm definitely going to check out your anti-inflammatory product because, uh, you know, I'm going to be 43 this year and I I do CrossFit, which I use a lot for like mental toughness. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, obviously the physical too, but like I hate ice baths. And oh, <laughs> they're I so good that. for you and good for your yeah. joints, but they just so uncomfortable for like the first minute that you're in it. And I just can't, 
I know I should do it on a regular basis, but like, I just can't bring myself to continue to do it on a regular basis. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to definitely, what's the name of that product, by the way? So, um, which one, that. the anti-inflammatory, anti-inflammatory, um, yeah. um, the diffuse and then diffuse. Phoenix. I do both of them. Yeah. Diffuse and Phoenix and Phoenix. Okay. All right. I'm writing that down right now. I'm yeah. going to check out Mount Ops as soon as I get off the sure. Yeah. yeah, we um we do discounts for industry people, and then we also do discounts for um military service members, um police officers, firefighters, stuff like that. Cool, so very we have good. A great program, yeah. So, what do you do on your daily to stay in shape? What do you, what kind of exercise do you? Well, it's always fluctuating just because I travel so much. So it does get a little bit, you know, difficult. Um, but I was just at home in Utah for a week. And so I was running every day. Um, I ran this morning. I like to do a lot of cardio because like I said, I'm not training, like I'm not training for a marathon or anything. I'm just training because I want to have good endurance. And so, um, running for me, that's how I, um, feel like I get the most. Um, and then like, I'll probably lift a little bit this afternoon. So Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do gosh running obviously. <laughs> and then, um, strength training, I guess more so like, you know, I just want to be able to lift heavy things and put them back down. Right. So <laughs> have heavy packs and then be able to put it down. That's what, yeah. kind of what I mean. And so, um, keeping strong, like my legs strong and my arms and my back and shoulders and stuff like that is important. Yeah. So want to help so much with bone density too, as we get older, oh, you know, putting weight up on our bones and our joints and our body it helps yeah. keep that density up there too. So if you were, let's just say that I, I'm a new person into hunting and I wanted to try some Western style hunting, what would you recommend for like kind of a workout routine for me or a female or anybody that kind of wants to start? Is there something that you would recommend doing? Well, I think it's hard because everyone's at such different levels, right? It's like when I first started, I hadn't run in five years. And so um, taking it slow is important. Um, So I think it really just is dependent on that person's um, overall health and um, their ability to exercise already. Like how, how much weight do they need to lose? Are they, you know, 100 to 200 pounds overweight because sometimes you know people are and they want to get into hunting so i would say um for you know someone who really hasn't worked out in a long time or um you know isn't super physically fit already start off small like one of the best things that you can do is diet like that is huge because if you're working out it doesn't matter it it matters what you're putting in your body right it's like are you fueling it are you eating breakfast in the morning what are you eating like what kind of carbs are you having how many carbs um i think the biggest thing and the most important typically is getting your diet in check um because even a lot of people they drink soda every day right and so it's like you just get off the soda and the weight will start slipping off um and replace it with arginine or ammo in the morning um, for breakfast. A lot of people don't even eat breakfast. So then by the time they eat lunch, they're starving. Right. And so then they eat 10 times more than they would. And so, um, if they had eaten like a small breakfast to get their bodies like going, and I know people like fasting and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, I cannot do that, especially with how much I like to run and, and explosive workouts. Like I, I like to be explosive. I don't like to just do heavy, you know, weights all the time. And so, um, for me, I need those carbs and I need the energy, but clean carbs is super important. Making sure that, 
Um, you know, it's not a ton of processed food that you're eating. If, if you are eating it, it's whole grain, whole wheat for me. Um, and then supplementation, you know, is, can be huge too in losing weight. Um, gosh, we have so many stories on our mountain ops page of people who are, you know, 200 pounds overweight and just by switching and starting to eat breakfast and they take our ammo trail packs, um, every morning before they go or like have a, a shake. It, it is tremendous. Like how much even just that will make a difference. Um, now some already fit, they're kind of, you know, dabbling and working out and they're running and they're, you know, going to the gym, but they're just not seeing the results that they want. Um, I actually like that mountain tough program. It's, it's actually really tough, um, but they do a lot of really good stuff that um, can help you get in shape for hunting. It's very hunting oriented, um, but it is hard. And so you have to already have, I think, a baseline of fitness and, and baseline of working out because it is more like CrossFit. Um, and so I wouldn't recommend that to somebody who's you know, just getting started. Um, but we do have some great programs for people who are just getting started on our Mountain Ops page as well. So um, I think that there are definitely a lot of resources that are even free that people can get. Um, and a lot of it, they can find it on our website for sure. We have free programs for people to start. And it's just the basics, you know, get up and walk around. Like um, instead of on your lunch break, go in and driving to the store to get food, walk there, you know, just little daily habits that you can change for the better um, can be the difference in, you know, where in getting ready for the season, you know, or however it is you're going to hunt. But yeah, I guess you were asking more for Western hunting. Well, no, I mean, that's all really good information and you're spot on with everything. And just a little asterisk guys, if you, uh, the guys are, you guys are listening is when Rihanna says diet, she does not mean cutting calories. She does not mean taking things out besides like bad sugars and stuff like that. It means getting your nutrition on point and eating healthy and eating clean, following a program of some sort, whatever you would like. So yeah. and I think knowing your um, like a lot of people, they don't even know how many calories they burn in a day, just resting. Right. And so I think mine is around like 1500, 1400. So it's not super high. Like that's just my baseline. If I'm sitting on the couch and not doing anything and that's how many how many calories I burn in a day doing nothing, my body just performing. Right. And so, um, and so knowing that if I'm trying to cut calories or if I'm trying to like lose weight, um, how much I eat and then how much I exercise. Cause there's days where I'll burn a thousand calories in a day. Right. And so if I don't want to lose weight, which sometimes I want to gain, I want to add muscle, then I need to not be in a deficit and be in a surplus. And so it's, it's all dependent on what your goals are. Cause some people, they want to put on the pounds and they want to put on weight. So then you need to be in a calorie surplus. Um, and the only way you can know what your calorie surplus is, is how many calories you burn in a day on top of how many calories you're eating. And so and burning. It's a lot, you know, it's a lot, for, yeah. for one person to know. Um, and luckily Eric McCormick, um, was super great at teaching me all of those things. Um, when I was getting started, he taught me the right way when I was getting started. And I feel like that's been one of the huge, biggest factors in my success is because I had somebody who was training me, telling me and helping me throughout the process, which yeah. we actually just hired Eric McCormick to, um, come and work for us on, at mountain ops. And so he's going to be, um, helping like our, our clients and, um, our, our, all of the people that work at the office with all of their fitness stuff as well, which oh, is really exciting. That's yeah. great. And, yeah. and as you're saying, like, it, it seems like a lot 
but if you keep it really simple, it's just energy in versus energy out. Yep. And I, I, whatever I'm, and I own a CrossFit gym. So whenever I'm talking to my, uh, my clients is, Hey, step number one, start tracking the food you eat. So I would, I usually direct them to like my fitness pal and then have them start putting their food in everything that they eat, which they understand now. Oh my God, that food I just ate was like 600 calories and most of it was fat. <laughs> you know, I know it's wild. <laughs> learn really it's, quick. Yeah. It is wild. Some of the foods you eat, you're like, Oh my gosh, that is not worth it. Yeah. yeah. So I've gotten really dialed. Like I used to keep track of all everything. I put it in my fitness pal, but now I'm pretty dialed and I know what my yeah. body needs and just listen to your body. You yeah, know? Once you've, once you've logged it for so long, you, you know, you get, oh, yeah. you, I mean, 90% of the food you know, you, you eat on a regular basis. So you understand it. Speaking yeah. of food, yeah. were you a vegan at one point? I do believe I was. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. gosh, back in the day, I was in nursing school and was like reading these books about factory farming and all this stuff, you know? Um, and they're very biased, one-sided, like you need to be vegan or you're going to die or you're a horrible person, you know? So, um, gosh, there was this one, one, um, book in particular that was very, very like one-sided, but obviously I was ignorant. I was reading it and I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. This makes sense. I should be a vegan. So um, it was the one book in particular that kind of changed my mind. And so I was doing that. I did it for three months, um, strictly, super, super strict, because I loved animals too. I even joined PETA. I really did. Which is so funny. <laughs> I joined That's PETA. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like going to be, you know, so woke or whatever nowadays. Um, and so, yeah, I was um, just not it was not going well for me. I was not feeling super great. I didn't have a ton of energy. Like I could just tell the difference, like the weight was falling off of me for sure. Um, but not in a healthy way. I think it was more my muscle, right? It was my muscle that was going, it wasn't my fat. And so, um, so I definitely was like, okay, I need to start eating meat again. And as I started um, eating meat again, I met um, my now ex-husband and he um, was a hunter. And so it was kind of cool to meet somebody like, I didn't even know hunting existed. Right. I, it was, I saw it in Bambi, the hunter that killed Bambi's mom. Oh, That's about as oh, much. No of hunting that I knew about. And so I just joke with my friends. I'm like, I would have been that lady on your guys's profile page commenting. I hope you and your family die. If you know, <laughs> if I hadn't found hunting, cause I would be that like triggered ignorant person. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely cool. And like, as I started learning more about it, you know, seeing the meat, that he had in his freezer. I'm like, oh my gosh, you killed this. Like you're the only one who processed this. And, and, you know, it, him and his family, they did all of the processing. They did it from start to finish, you know, and, and that was expected of me. If I was going to hunt, I had to drag the mount, the animal off the mountain. I had to gut it. I had to do all the things. Obviously they showed me how, but it was like, if you're going to hunt, you're going to do it and you need to do all the things. And so I'm like, I am so down. I was also in nursing school. And so I was like, bring it on. I want to see the inside of this animal, you know? because I was yeah. like you're dissecting wanted... the animal as yeah yeah the heart like I, yeah. I dissected the heart and I looked inside I saw the four chambers I'm like oh there's the cordi tendi and like you know the right ventricle the left you know and so it was just cool to see um and so after that you know in taking my first deer and really I have pictures of me butchering the whole thing wrapping it up the whole process it was just so rewarding because I had never done anything like that before and not only that like 
I hadn't been getting up before the sunrise ever. Like, no, I would, I would sleep until like 10, 11, you know? And so there was so much in this world that I was missing. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is actually really freaking cool. It's really fun. It's really hard. You get a lot of exercise and you're just like so in tune with nature listening. And it was really cool experience. And so I just fell in love with it. And I think if more people did it, honestly, they would too, because it it is truly incredible. um, The skills that you learn. So so yeah, quickly went from being a vegan to a hunter, which I hear a lot of people's story. Honestly, I think even like sharing that post that I did the other day, talking about how I used to, from PETA to processing, you know, it's like, I had a girl reach out to me and she's like, I showed this to my sister. She's vegan. Now she wants to hunt. And it's, it's, it's true because That's it's cool. like, I think a lot of people's reasons are because of the way the animals are treated in the factories and who wants to condone that, you know, um, I don't. And, and two, like there are obviously because that's bias also there are great farmers out there as well that really do care for the animals and you know clean good organic like beef is possible um you know sustainable yes it can be there's not a lot of sustainable farms but um it there there's definitely some out there but um but yeah I mean I think for me just like being um the knowledge once I started gathering knowledge about hunting and why people do it it was an easy decision let me back up a little bit guys is being a vegan is not wrong or bad Mm -hmm. it's at all and you know and you can get enough protein to maintain muscle math and and being a vegan can be super healthy nothing wrong with that at all um i just think that um you know if you are going to eat meat i I would suggest maybe educating yourself on what a hunter does do to harvest their own meat which is you're you're involved you are the number one person involved of your meat from start to finish, especially when you're processing like Rihanna does. And by the way, I just saw this post on Instagram. I was like, oh, yeah. dang, all right, that's legit. This girl's <laughs> processing her own meat. Cause a lot of hunters just drop it off at a processing plant and it's yeah. no big deal. Yeah. I processed my own stuff for years too. Not because necessarily I wanted to have that control, but more because I couldn't afford the processing. <laughs> oh, it is expensive. That's yeah. true. And there is nothing wrong with taking your meat to a butcher. Like I tell people that at, like, you know, I just say I'm picked with it like and I use like the a lot of the scraps for my dogs um and then because we feed them raw meat um and then yeah I mean for me I made bone broth with the bones um so I think it's a way of paying respect to the animal that I shoot is to process it and be meticulous with it and then it's also what I'm putting in my body um and so I have gotten animals back from the processor and I'm like oh I would not have done this with this cut of meat and so I think that's another part of it now if you have a great butcher then awesome but um the ones that I've taken it to in the past I'm just kind of like I I guess that's how I started processing it my with um you know my family and so that's just how I've kind of wanted to continue and it's made me a pickier person when it comes to the meat (laughs) you know I mean rightfully so you worked really hard for the meat and I've heard a lot of horror stories of processors not you're not getting back the animal that you dropped off and it comes in a big batch and And I luckily I have a good processor but yeah. yeah, that's a big part of it too, is care in the field. Like there's a yeah. lot of people, like I've had some wild game and I'm like, oh, this is not good. Like, I don't know what you did to this animal. Maybe it sat for too long or whatever, you know, but um, it is a very meticulous process. Hunting is, it's, it's, there's a lot that goes into it and a lot to learn. And, you know, I've been doing it for over 10 years now and I still am learning things oh, yeah. every day. So, Absolutely. so yeah, it's definitely, it's cool. It's rewarding. And I mean, 
you never know when the boogaloo is going to happen. So you might as well fill your freezer <laughs> and, uh, you know, try and get some skills to, you know, sustain if something crazy happens and there's no more food at the grocery store. So. For sure. <laughs> and you had mentioned uh, respect of the animal and I'm going to share, I've never shared this publicly. So this is the first time I've ever shared this thought with yeah. my friends and they think I'm a little bit nuts, but so I'm going to share this thought with you and you yeah. guys listening is so respect of the animal. All right. So when we harvest an animal, uh, and take it home, process it, consume it, your body regenerates a, like a, at least multi-billion cells every day. So your body's continuing to regenerate itself, right? And mm -hmm. how it regenerates itself is about what food you put in the body. So if you eat an apple, that apple literally, literally becomes part of you, yeah. part of your cells. So when we harvest an animal like an elk, that animal literally becomes part of you, which is super heady on a heady side, but like it's scientifically, it's true. It's true spiritually you maybe not but like that those animals that we've taken those lives become part of us that we get to carry on the rest of our life kind of crazy right no i mean i've heard people even say like um, even Kama said you know when he eats bear he feels like he's more like you know feels more like a bear you know he's like <laughs> it is it's pretty crazy sure. and i don't know if it's psychosomatic or what but um but yeah no i mean you just feel good like eating that oryx that i you know harvested straight to my plate and i'm like there's something really cool about this feeling and the way that it makes my body feel and all of that sort of thing wild game really is so nutritious um i think it was maui have you ever heard of maui new they're, yes. They do all of the access um, culling on that on the islands and they process all the meat. They make a bone broth with it and they do all of this really cool stuff. Well, mm -hmm. they um, did some studies and they were looking at the nutritional content of the bone broth that they make. Um, and it was like something three times had three times more of the nutritional value than a regular beef or chicken broth on the um supermarket shelves so so it's i mean there's something to say about an animal that lives wild eats what it's supposed to and um you know lives a, a good healthy clean life yeah. um and so it's not it, it isn't you know you are what you eat it is true like and whatever goes into your body is um you know it needs to get processed and filtered somehow and so the cleaner and the better things you can put in it, um, the better you're going to feel. So. Absolutely. And, and a lot of people kick back and say, how could you take that life? And I'm sure you've gotten these messages too, just like every Instagram hunter has. Um, and the biggest thing that I like to point out for people is, and this may sound a little egotistical or however it may come off, it's going to come off. But when I, when you take an animal's life, hopefully you make a good shot. And it's a quick death. That is literally the best death you could give that animal. That animal will not have a better death. If he gets eaten by a bear, he's getting eaten alive. You get, you know, winter kill, you're frozen, you're starving. Like, you know, that is the best death that you can give an animal. How do you, when you, when you get some of those comments or people like, and it's, and it is a little bit ignorant and it's, you know, how, how do, what do you do? Do you educate people or just kind of let it go? It's to depend. It depends on the comment. Luckily, I don't know why, but I don't get a ton of bad stuff. Um, and the comments that I do get, they typically are, it's not like a real actual question, you know, and it's not even like somebody really wants to, um, 
wants to see that side of the story. It's more just like them hating, you know what I mean? And, and so those kind of people, I already know, you're never going to change their mind and there's nothing that you can do. Um, now, sometimes, you know, I'll look through somebody's profile and I'll be like, okay, well, this person's a meat eater. This person, you know, obviously is kind of ignorant to the fact of what hunting is. So then I will take time to um, educate people that I feel like I can help because there, there are people that, you know, say things and, and I've even gotten into conversations with people from New York. Um, it was on, gosh, I think it was on, it was a while ago ago when I had killed a cat and that was very very that's where I got all the hate and the bad comments (laughs) um and so I you know went through and I explained the statistics and how many uh, mountain lions are in this general area and why they need to be pop like controlled and you know the um, decimation of wildlife because of them um and wolves and stuff like that and so I educated that's that's your biggest tool is knowledge right a lot of these people they're ignorant to the facts and so if you can educate them then um then typically it's it's you know a lot then typically they'll come to your side of things um or because they they didn't realize right i mean that's it's a proven fact that if somebody if you can have a reasonable conversation with somebody and you know prove all these points that they didn't know before they're gonna be like okay well maybe it's not so bad now are you gonna change their mind on hunting maybe not um maybe so you never know i think for me which is kind of unfortunate the most hate that I get is from other hunters. So how am I going to change their mind? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> they're just on there to hate yes. and jerk because they're like, oh, well, look at this girl. She's out there, you know, living a great life and having a fun time and killing things. And, you know, so I think sometimes that's where I get the most hate. And it's kind of unfortunate because it's like, hey, guys, we're all on the same team here. We're all trying to freaking, you know, conserve animals. We're all trying to, you know, keep this heritage going and, um, you know, allow others to experience the incredible things that we do. Like, so let's just all come together and not be so like, you know, diverse and, and trying to like segregate each other. Right. Cause that's yeah. what is going on in multiple other facets of our country right now. And so it's like, if we could just like get over that and come together and quit hating on others. Then maybe we'd have a chance. <laughs> yeah. I agree Welcome with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. Breach. Breach. I tell you what. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. Is like, like I said, we were talking earlier. Like, I'm new to the business side of the in- industry of hunting. Mm-hmm. I'm only three years in trying to make a living out of it. Mm-hmm. And when I got in, like, I was really blown away. I know every industry has their haters, right? And the yep. people that just, but I was really blown away as how prevalent the hunting industry was with that and how loud they were. And I was like, man, these guys can, guys and girls, whatever, could really talk a lot of shit. <laughs> Holy oh, cow. Yeah. And anybody new that might ask kind of an ignorant question or, you know, whatever, like, man, they just got tore up on like forums and stuff like that. And that I was just, not okay. it's not okay. And, but here's what I realized lately is now that we have some big issues going on in the States of hunts trying to be banned you know, bear hunting, cat hunting, a lot of that is going on. I see a lot less of the hate and more of hunters pulling together to keep hunting alive. And uh, have you heard, heard of uh, Howl for Wildlife? Mm-mm. I don't know. It's an organization that um, basically what they do is if you want to put in your two cents on, let's say they're trying to ban spring bear hunting, right? Mm-hmm. You want to put in your two cents, you tie, you send a message with Howl, they take your message 
and send it off to everybody that needs to have it. All the legislation, the governor, everything, they do it on your behalf. And it's really cool and it's very powerful. And that's actually been helping a lot to like overthrow some of these, this legislation that's happening. Yeah. That's awesome. It, I mean, it, and it comes down to a state level too, right? I mean, I know a lot of states, they all have um, different groups that they can, you know, use to lobby against the lobbyists, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> not that I'm like, Ed, the, like the vegan PETA hunters oh. that have not found hunting yet. <laughs> I know, it's really unfortunate. You know, I'm born and raised from Oregon, and um, it's definitely leaning the wrong way for hunting and conservation. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of politics that go into it, obviously, and I'm not a politician by any means, but um, it's very clear to see what's happening and the negative effects that it's having on uh, the state. And, and gosh, the hunters that are in the state as well, you know, I love hunting Oregon. My favorite place there is now a draw, you know, all of Eastern Oregon is, it's going to be absolute bonkers on the coast there. I'm, and then, you know, banning the spring bear hunts and stuff like that, making that draw only, it's just, it's kind of, it's sad to see for sure a state that you love to hunt so much go downhill so fast. Um, You know, like the Endicott's, Wayne and Lisa, they do a great job of trying to lobby and and help where they can um, through like the Hunter's Bow, the Bow Hunting Association and stuff like that but yeah there's when there's only a small percentage of you especially in a state like Oregon there's not a ton of people that hunt there then you're kind of SOL so yeah and here in Colorado we had wolves being reintroduced and I'm obviously against it I'm like why would we do that again like what what purpose does that solve (laughs) what have we learned in Montana in the states that it's happened right like um come on people <laughs> yeah and now like wildlife's getting slaughtered like i just saw a post on i don't think it was in colorado but it was like two wolves that killed like 143 sheep yeah. just to kill them like cool. all right guys let's have a little education before we start doing this but yeah no doubt people are crazy but. all right so tell me um let's 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 get into what you got planned for this year any cool hunts coming up yeah, I actually, well, I just, I drew that works tag. So that was freaking cool. cool. It's a really hard tag to draw. I didn't Is that New Mexico? That. Yeah, it was in New Mexico. Um, so New Mexico, they're now kind of coming into Texas too. Um, but New Mexico is the only state that you can hunt them. I mean, well, you can hunt them in Texas too, uh, in a lot of places, but as far as like free range, um, the only place in the United States that you can do it because they um, introduced, you know, the Oryx, Ibex and the Barberry sheep. Um, and so I put in for the Barberry and Oryx and drew it, which was super cool and was successful. There's so many Oryx. It was, it was awesome. It was such a cool hunt to see like this African cool. animal. Cause I've hunted them in Africa too. I shot one. Um, and so to see them on the plains, you know, in New Mexico, it was a really cool experience. Um, and so that was way fun. Um, I'm actually heading to Hawaii on the 18th to go and do access. Um, yeah. I went, yeah. I just got I back heard. from Hawaii. Oh, yeah. how cool. Did you get one? I did. I hunted Molokai. I took oh, some buddies cool. and we hunted a Molokai axis there. And then I went to the big island, hunted mouflon sheep and killed a couple of mouflon sheep on the big island. How fun. I That's love cool. Hawaii. I think it's probably one of the best places to go hunt. The, 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 there's so much game you can hunt. Like it's so action packed. And then you just stand around looking, you're on an island and it's beautiful. Yeah, so sorry to interrupt. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, it is. I love it too. I tell everyone to go there and there's so many access deer. It's like they're ants there. I'm like, yeah. there are so many freaking deer. It's crazy. So I'll hunt on Maui. Um, I'll 
hunt with Maui hunting safaris. I hunted with them four years ago, three years ago. Um, and then, um, we're going to go to the big Island and we'll do spear fishing with, um, Justin Lee and, um, then probably some sheep too. I'm not sure. We'll just, We'll just kind of we're playing it by ear definitely hunting access though so that'll be fun yeah. um and then i got some really good tags in idaho so i was one of the lucky people who got on in three minutes to get my tags uh, nice. the leftover tags so i got um a good elk tag and a good deer tag so i'll do that um in september and then um the deer tag will be october because i'll do rifle for that one um and then i will be hunting Gosh, where else am I hunting elk? Oh, I'm, there's another state. I think Utah. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just, I love hunting. You're kind of like me. That comes up too. Yeah, like I'm going to do all the hunts. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not sure exactly where I'm going, but I'm doing all of them. <laughs> I know. And then, yeah, my boyfriend really likes to hunt too. So uh, hopefully we can do some stuff together. So. Well, that's great. You know, I just, I just, uh, realize you guys can't see this if you're listening to it on an audio but my shirt I have on right now is a mouth I know I saw that that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) my wife got it for me I think for my birthday and uh she has no clue about brands and hunting she's not a hunter yeah but she knows I love hunting she there was a deer head on it so she's like oh he'll probably like that so that's a good wife (laughs) yeah yeah she's she's the best Uh, and it's you know here let me ask you your opinion because your ex-husband was a hunter your boyfriend's now a hunter my wife does not hunt and I love that she doesn't because it's all about me when I hunt do you have to split time <laughs> hunting is that a problem so no. oh I see it we would just split up honestly yeah. I mean for the most part like yeah I mean we would hunt together sometimes and luckily I was a newer hunter and he'd been hunting for a long time so he's like oh you just go shoot it whatever um but but yeah no I mean and then once I got into it more I was like oh you go one way I'll go the other and we'll meet back at this place so no I think it's awesome to be able to do with your spouse except, except for it's really expensive <laughs> it's a, it's yes. you know it's already expensive for one double, person double expensive double yeah if your spouse does it so um I know I I'm like, sorry, I'm not going to be like that stay at home mom. That's just with the kids all the time. And you could go hunt. Like I get to go on too. We're going to have to figure this out. So yeah. it, it is definitely, um, it is definitely different, but I feel like for the most part, I mean, it's great to be able to do it with your spouse as well. So yeah. 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 And I do wish sometimes that she would come out and just experience it a little bit with me, I don't, but it's, you know, it's pretty physical and she's a, she does crossfit a lot. She's a very physical woman. Yeah. So I think it'd be cool for her just to kind of see it. And I'm sure she'd be like one day into it. Okay. That's cool. I'm ready to go home, whatever, you know, but, um, but yeah, I do have like, I have friends that like are married and they both love to hunt and they have kids and like, all right, who do you choose? Who gets to go hunt? What hunts and who has to stay home with the kids? And how do you do that? You know? Yeah, I would say like, I'm all about like bringing the kids along. You hang out with them in the morning. I'll hang out with them in the evening. Then the next day you'll get some more, you know, I think it's all about a trade-off. Yep. I already got it figured out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I am not going to be left at home. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I just got back from Canada on a bear hunt and I was teasing. I was going to bring my little boy. He's five months old to 
Canada oh, with well, me and he's going to be the uh, the squealing thing in distress to bring in all the bears. Seriously, so. <laughs> uh, you're like, uh, your wife might not think it's as yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you are not going to do that. Yeah. Well, I don't have kids yet. So, but I, when I do, I'm excited to introduce them to hunting. I think that's one of the biggest things. Like I love taking kids hunting. Um, and so I, um, yeah, I think that you know, that's going to be one of the biggest things that I'm excited for is to teach them and show them the ways. So hopefully when, they like it. <laughs> when that happens for you, it's, it's so much more rich than you harvesting an animal. I have a daughter, she's 12 years old. We've been hunting for two years now and she's taken a whitetail and a turkey and an elk last year. And, and she absolutely loves it. She loves the hunt. And for me, I was so much more excited when she shot her animal than what she was. I was like screaming like a little girl in excitement. It's just so much more rich to have your oh, kids do sure. it, you know? So, oh, I agree. Yeah. It is way cool. And that's the future of our hunting, right? Like, so we need to have these kids hunt. Exactly. I'm like, for a while there, I was like, I don't know if I want kids. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know what? In this world that we live in, there needs to be some strong kids out there like that. Have a good background in that. Have good values and morals and ethics and stuff. So somebody's got to raise the future generations of our our country for sure. So And and why not hunters raising some strong kids, right? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rihanna, I don't have much else for you here. I really appreciate you spending the time to be on my podcast. Yeah, thanks for Um, having me. Nice meeting you. And for you guys listening that maybe are not that familiar with her, what are, what's good spots for them to find you? Gosh, I just am on Instagram. Really? That's all I do. It's just put stuff on there. Yeah. Sometimes I don't put stuff on there ever, but sometimes I do. (laughs) I go, I go on waves too. Sometimes I'm super motivated. Other times I'm like, I'm taking this week off and not doing anything. Same, same, same. So, well, you enjoy your time in Texas and uh, I'm sure we'll chat soon. Thanks again. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. This is the Western Obsessions TV podcast, where hunting's not a hobby, it's an obsession.